0: Welcome to the panel, RNZ National. Wallace Chapman with you today. Rugby announcement, we are staying with Ian Foster. That just after four. And there's been a lift in the official cash rate, adding even more pressure to the average household, in some cases up to 60 bucks a week. And in recent weeks, we've been discussing, in in the past week rather, we've we've been talking about the role of school boards in the wake of an anti-vax group trying to secrete their way into positions. So what is it like being on a school board? Uh, We discussed that this afternoon. The Human Rights Commission, well, they want to instigate a rent freeze. We talk about that. And this... If you decide to surprise someone with a big gift or, say, a spontaneous event, should you get their buy-in first? One woman surprised her boyfriend with a trip to Paris. And he said, well, that's presumptuous. You should have told me. (laughs) Um, So he didn't like it. Um, if that happened to you, would you be angry as well? Text me 2101 or email the panel at rnz.co.nz. With me this afternoon, uh, Michelle Langston, actor and author. Michelle, kia ora. It's a lovely to have you back on.
1: Kia ora, Wallace. It's nice to hear your
0: voice. Do we have a little guest with us as well?
1: There is a guest who is in the other room at the moment crying, um, <laughs> but who I've just been rescued by a family member who is middling around out there with him. But yes, my boy Sonny is um, my co-pilot on the panel oh, today.
0: Kia ora to you, Sonny, come on and just um, be part of the oh. panel as well, you're most welcome. Also today, James Thank Elliott, you. columnist at uh, newsroom.co.nz, also a lawyer, James, lovely to have you on, it's been a while.
2: Yeah, good afternoon. I'm in the studio, but I'm happy to weep. In sympathy okay, for fair sunny. enough.
0: Yeah. Now, rain <laughs> continuing to hammer parts of the country, including parts of the west coast of the South Island. Buller Civil Defence is asking people in parts of Westport to evacuate. Uh, the Buller River is likely to peak in Westport tomorrow morning. There are other areas of flooding, for example, in Nelson, the Mai Tai River there. 70 people have been uh, evacuated from Miles Street. But with us is Sam Taylor. Now, he's been sandbagging for much of the day. In the Buller area, he's a member of Landsar. Sam, kia ora. Kia ora. How are things looking out there, Sam?
3: A um, bit, bit of a mixed bag at the moment. Mm. Uh, we're as prepared as we can be, and we've had a really great response from um, the police, Landsar um, fans, and spontaneous volunteers from the community, and everyone's chipped in together. Um, Unfortunately, it's becoming a bit like Groundhog Day, but um, yeah. it's a well-oiled machine now, and we've really um, we've deployed over um, 10,000 sandbags for the last two days. So, um, yeah, we're, we're about as prepared as we can be, and yeah. uh, just waiting to see what the forecast brings.
0: Wow, 2,000 sandbags over the last two days, uh, a lot of work. So you've been um, uh, bagging, uh, sandbagging for much of the day?
3: Yeah, yeah, and um, the, the piles of sand strategically placed around Westport. Um, and Anyone can just turn up with a trailer. We've got volunteers filling bags as fast as they're being um, handed out and uh, also uh, a whole um, team of Bathurst uh, Resources employees have um, been stood down from the mine for the day from Stockton Mine, so they're all helping and chipping in as well so that manpower... Um, just been really, really oh, okay. uh, valuable.
0: All oh, right, that's good, Sam. Is this a reminder um, for those who might be a little bit hesitant to ask for help? Uh, don't be afraid to seek help. Put your hand up, phone in, and uh, these services are available in the area.
3: Yeah, that's correct. We've um, we're, no job is too small. Really, we've got teams of volunteers on standby. Um, Always, someone willing to lend a hand, uh, even if it's just standbagging a, a, a door or a, a garden shed. Um,
2: okay.
3: you know we're we're getting out there and um, just providing a bit of reassurance to to people. Um, most people have had a couple of experiences now by yeah. the July or February events prior to this, but um, yeah, just playing it safe. And if you just think you need a bit of uh, sandbagging and, and a bit more protection of your, your house or your property. We're willing to step up and do that. So,
0: Kia ora, Sam. Thank you very much for that. And I've got a number here too. Uh, if you want to seek help, uh, you can call 0800 234 533. That number again. Oh eight hundred two three four five three three. Imagine Michelle. I mean, you'd be able to relate to this as a fairly new homeowner. You know, you've you've got a home. Uh, you know, the floods are coming, and you have to call and help to sandbag your front door, your garage. It's um, it's quite something, isn't it?
1: Yeah, it's terrifying, actually. And th- that awful anticipation of a storm yeah. coming and knowing how bad it's going to be, how badly you'll be affected or your neighbours or what will happen. It's, it's an um, awful position to be in. I've got a lot of empathy. It's really scary. And just so, you know, just, it does feel more frequent, doesn't it? I think the last time... I was on the panel with you, Wallace, there had been um, some really bad storms somewhere and there were, you know, emergency supplies going in and people helping all through the night. You know, I just, I feel, yeah, it's just, it's just becoming more and more frequent yeah. and quite alarming. Isn't it?
0: Now, uh, to this, uh, in very different news, uh, but I needed to talk about this uh, mushy peas, uh, As <laughs> wonderful as it must be, be. <laughs> Um, wait till you hear the story. As wonderful as it must be, moving to Aotearoa, there's bound to be things from home you miss. So this one goes out to expats, expats out there, those who have come to Aotearoa to make it their home, but you really, really, really miss some things. For Tracy Gray and Kev Taylor, moved here from England in 2005. It was, in fact, Mushy peas, so much so. Well, they launched their own business in an effort to bring them here. With us is Kev Taylor. He's from Peelicious. That's the new company. Kev, <laughs> <laughs> welcome to the panel, Kev.
4: Kia ora, everybody. <laughs> hey,
0: no, no, no. Let, let's let's get a little bit serious, Kev. Um okay. Mushy peas, mushy peas. <laughs> that that's not a British tradition, is it?
4: Oh, absolutely. And it's a very serious subject. I'm glad that you're looking at it this way as well. So. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, 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 explain to me why uh, why it's not peas. It's mushy peas in a particular yep. style of peas.
4: Yeah, I'm very passionate about this. So obviously you can get your garden variety, frozen garden peas, and you can mash them all day long uh, like some of the top celebrity chefs do and add all sorts of different things to them. They are not proper mushy peas. So uh, the region where I grew up, uh, Nottingham, yeah. um, and all around that area, um, yeah, it's very, very different. Um, it's almost, uh, yeah, it's, it's a delicacy on its own. <laughs> it's, it's something just... you have to try to behold. i
0: I've got to take this seriously because I know that. They, I mean, my father, right, he's from Fiji, and right. he misses, 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 misses a particular style of yep. chicken curry that he, can't, he couldn't find anywhere in this country. It was a certain style of watery curry with onions and chicken that he said, Wallace, I miss this. Is that, is that what we're talking about?
4: Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, of course, you know, anybody that's sort of lived overseas or even spent time overseas, they might have either the taste may have changed or got into something that they've enjoyed. And absolutely, from from my point of view, obviously, it reminds me of like grandma's cooking. Uh. It's, you know, it's something that we had from 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 way back then. And like I say, you know, I was born in the wrong country. I absolutely adore it here. But obviously there's sometimes, you know, there's certain things you miss. And then throughout the pandemic, for example, example, not being able to travel and, and go and you know have those things now and again got me thinking so that's basically where that came about but i it, i think it you know for, for a lot of people there's sort of this food memories just like so, you yeah said about your father there as well and i think that's really important and i think it can yeah it, that's it, what it's about all isn't all it of emotions yeah yeah
0: I, and i want to big call up this afternoon. What food memory do you have? If you uh, have come from uh, overseas and come to make this place your home, what do you miss? But the, the, the mushy pea fans are coming through. Uh, my favourite school dinner was mushy peas with tinned beetroot juice. Oh, that's
4: a good
1: combination. <laughs> oh, <laughs> can I ask this question? And I'm sorry yeah. if I sound really stupid, Kevin. But can, no. could you describe the taste of mushy peas? Because I, I've never had them and I don't okay. understand. How, yeah. What do they taste like?
4: Yeah, so they've almost, (laughs) yeah, they don't actually taste a lot like the garden pea, to be be honest. So obviously, don't start thinking down those avenues. They've they've almost got like a, they've they've got a creamy texture. So once they've been cooked, obviously the word mushy is for a reason, and it's sort of a soft texture. So the the peas are quite plumped, quite big, hence the name marrow fat. It's just because they're big. It's not because they've got fat or marrow in them. Um, so they're quite safe to eat. Um, but, yeah, they're sort of a nutty flavour. Um, and, yeah, it's, it's such a popular dish, obviously, in the UK, normally in the north of the UK, with fish and chips and roast meals and even a snack on their own. Um, yeah.
2: James. Oh, well, my most recent you. food memory is um, uh, takeaways from the Clark's Beach takeaways to south of Auckland at the weekend snapper burgers with beetroot
4: beautiful so my
2: question for kevin mm. is if he says he adores it here have we got him over the line on beetroot
4: absolutely we yeah have. i mean isn't this what makes the world go round it's you know there's a lot of awful things out there in the world but food yeah. is something that we can all share oh and we can all enjoy kia. together you know um, mike so says
1: Interrupt to say, m- yeah. who puts
0: beetroot with fish it's a lot of it was wonderful. It was wonderful. It's a burger. What, 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 cool. what, 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 what planet are you from, Michelle? Um, <laughs> yeah, the didn't, didn't, doesn't go in a fish burger. Didn't, didn't <laughs> you hear, James? The, a snapper burger, snapper uh, burger. with beetroot. That's what we're talking <laughs> about, eh? <Yeah>. That's right.
2: <laughs> I've done my research on this about what Germans miss by way of food. Uh, Nine out of ten items that Germans miss are all bread. <laughs> Nine out of ten are bread. One of them cider.
0: Well, I want to hear from the German community on that, James, but that's the very – yeah, look, um, this is um, – it's just going off here. Uh, mushy peas must be made with marrow fat peas, which you cannot buy in New Zealand, which is that's why Kev um, started his company here. Uh, and I'm a Yorkshireman. Fish, chips, and mushy peas, this is perfect. <laughs> um, so, hey, Kev, thank you for your time. I appreciate it, and all the best on Peelicious.
4: No problem. And thanks for the opportunity to come and have a chat with you guys.
0: It is four to five, uh, time for a, 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 a slightly more truncated, I've been thinking. Uh, Michelle Langston, take it away.
1: Look, I'm not, yeah, I'm not evangelical about, uh, evangelical about this, That I yep. quit social media four months ago, cold turkey, dropped it. I only had Twitter and Instagram. But today I was sitting in my living room and the house was quiet because my baby was asleep. And I just, had this realization and went my life in the four months since I quit has completely changed in every aspect like aside from getting time back my mental health has improved my self-esteem has improved the way that I engage with my entire life has changed and I'm so surprised by that but I realized that that was the key to doing it. Quite amazed.
0: That's the truncated version. You don't miss the robust discussions on Twitter. You don't miss the images on Instagram. You don't miss the uh, 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 unorthodox posts on Facebook.
1: Absolutely none of it. I don't even think about it anymore. It's so great. Wow. (laughs)
2: Yeah, oh, it's very really amazing. All oh, right. Um, that's amazing, isn't it? I'm just tweeting it. I'm going to tweet that Michelle has come off social yeah, media. She you're, can't you're, do it herself. I'll have to set that out for you. You're her.
0: all over it. Um, that's amazing. <laughs> and so four months on, no plans to go back, Michelle.
1: No, none whatsoever. It's just, uh, yeah, it's just had a ripple on effect that really surprised me. And it, I, I did not expect to feel as great as I do. And, it, yeah, it raises some concerning questions about what yeah. those platforms do for me as a person, I guess, with my personality type. But, yeah, just... Yeah, it's fantastic. I love it. And it also, okay. like, three hours a day of screen time yeah. is back in my life. Three hours a day.
2: Goodbye, That's
1: basically an entire day a week.
2: Goodbye social media. That's Michelle Langston there. James Elliott, i have been thinking? I've been thinking. I would like to know how people have got on with their activities and hobbies that were lockdown-inspired. Have they stayed with them? Mine was an unusual one I'll talk about later, but I've had a few in already. People have kept with things like making sourdough and even playing darts. So, so lockdown-inspired hobbies or activities, how did you get on? Are you still doing them? Are you still doing yours? No, mine was cycling the length of New Zealand in the first lockdown, and that was a ridiculous was thing to do. I did the equivalent length of cycling New Zealand in lockdown, but obviously that's not a it's not a sustainable activity.
4: Mm.
0: <laughs> that's a very good. That's a very good question. Very very good question. Uh, meanwhile, they were coming through thick and fast. Uh, Ronnie says, representative of the German community, uh, listening. Uh, <laughs> Is he happy? Is he not happy? <laughs> uh, uh, totally, I totally agree. Bread in all its forms, especially brezen, not those little dry things you have here, and flour-based dishes uh, like Schupfnudel. <laughs> sorry, sorry, Ronja. Anyway, my South African mate loves banana wrapped in bacon. Have you ever... Heard her. You're on the panel this afternoon Michelle Langston and James Elliott do join us 4pm to 5 right here RNZ National.